Hey everybody, Brett here with Indie Comics Dispatch. Sorry about the delay in episodes. You'll actually hear at the beginning of next week's episode that we had a, a reschedule and we had a week without a live episode. So that means, unfortunately, a week without a podcast episode also. But we should be back in the groove now. And with this week's episode, we're bringing you the undead. On this week's episode, we have Edward Davis, Dan Schmidt, Steve Urena, and Marcus Roberts, all who have books out that have zombies, undead, or the living dead within them. It's a great episode, uh, lots of great conversation about zombies, the undead, what qualifies as a zombie. Um, and you just have to listen to it. It's a really great conversation with some really great creators. As always, broadcast from the Dispatches first a live stream. We broadcast on Thursday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Why don't you come join us one Thursday? You can hang out in the comments section, ask questions, make comments, get acknowledged live on the air, and then also make it into the podcast cut, too. You can find that live stream on Indie Comics Dispatch's social media channels, uh, mostly Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But as long as everything goes right, we're on Instagram Live on Thursday nights also. And without any further ado, here is this week's episode of Broadcasts from the Dispatch. Hey everybody, this is Brett with Indie Comics Dispatch and broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep within the Milky Way galaxy. This is broadcast from the Dispatch. Welcome back to another episode of Broadcast from the Dispatch. I am Brett. I'm excited to be here tonight. We have a panel full of great guests, um, some of whom I have talked to for a long time online, and this is my first time actually getting to talk to them quasi in person I, through the internet, I guess, still. Um, but it's 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 going to be a good night because it's all about the undead, redefining the undead. Um, I'm a huge zombie undead fan, um, and there's some nuance between those two terms, which I hope we get into some. Um, so anyway, um, it's going to be a great night. Before we get to that, couple of announcements. Announcement number one. Um, I think I said this last week, but I can't really remember, so I'm going to say it again. Um, I found out uh, recently, I can't remember exactly when it was, that the IRS is just like deeply, deeply behind on um, approving 501c3s, like three to four months behind. So um, we're, we're hopefully working our way closer to the approval um, that the whole Kickstarter was for. Everything's filed. It's just waiting on the IRS to work through the backlog. So um, unfortunately, um, we're still waiting on that. Um, number two, um, you know what? We get we get 
new new viewers all the time. We got a bunch of new likes this week when we started sharing the indie comic resources for creators um, on IndieComicsDispatch.com. If you haven't visited lately, check it out. Um, but one of the best ways that we can get get new viewers to this show, get these creators who are about to be on some more fans, and and just get a broader reach for the topic we're talking about tonight, is for you to share the stream. So if you're out there watching this, particularly on Facebook or Twitter, share the stream, share it, sharing's caring, share it to group, share it to your profile, and let other people know that you're watching and that um, that we got a great show tonight and that they can join in the conversation just by commenting um, in the comments section on social media. Instagram, sorry, I know you can't share the stream, um, but you can you can you can interact with the stream online and that helps us um, get beat that Instagram algorithm. So that's it. Sharing is caring. Share, hit that share button. Um, and and it's all good. Um, I'm excited for tonight's show. Tonight's theme, actually not my own. It's actually, again, one of the Kickstarter rewards. You have the bridge tier. Um, Ed Davis, um, creator of Immortal Era, um, pledged at that level and got to pick tonight's theme. And so we're talking about redefining the undead. And it's actually probably don't tell anybody else because it's just you and me here right now, but it's probably one of my favorite themes out of everybody that has been submitted for the, you have the bridge tier, because like I said, I'm a big zombie and undead fan. And I'm excited to talk with these creators tonight who all have one of those types of books under their belt. So first up we have the, the man of the hour himself, Ed, Ed is a teacher by day and creator by night. Ed is the creator and writer of the ongoing series, Immortal Era. This is his first writing project and many more to come. Ed, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for supporting the dispatch. Um, You are another great supporter, even just with commenting and tuning in. And that's just always um immensely um powerful when people like, like what you do. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, and welcome tonight. And I hope we get some um, plugs for Immortal Aaron. You you have a Kickstarter running right now. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, I'm currently running a Kickstarter for the fifth issue of the series. And it's got 10 days left. So it's already funded. It's moving through and trying to unlock all the stretch goals. So we're sitting at that point where, you know, the the high pressure is off. It got funded. And now we're just, you know, I want to give back to the people who are backing it because I I feel like if I make money, I want to give them something. And the more the more I make, the more stuffed their their envelope is when that actual physical book shows up at their doorstep. So right now we're we're on our last 10 days and trying to get to the forty five hundred mark. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if you're out there watching this, we're going to drop that link in the comment section just a little bit. If you're on a YouTube, Instagram or not Instagram, YouTube, Facebook or Twitter and watching this, we'll drop that link so you guys can get it. If you're on Instagram, I'm sure you can probably just go to the the um, Instagram page for Immortal Era and find find a link there. Yeah, I'm guessing. Under finish line know. comics and the links right there in the bio. There we go. There we go. So you can go there after this broadcast is done because we want you to watch the show tonight, too. Um, again, I'll drop that link in just a few minutes when we're done with uh, introductions. Next up, Dan. Dan is the creator, writer, and artist of the graphic novel Worms Crawl In. Recently, his work has appeared in other projects such as Frontier Forever, Tomorrow's Yesterday, and the th and 13th Moon Volume 2. Dan, welcome officially to the show. 
What's going on, Brett? Not much. We, we had you on. You came on for a uh, pop in, and you're so frequently in the comments that I feel like you've been on the show before. Um, so it's nice to really have you here. And we'll, very excited I, to be here. Great. And when, when I heard uh, Ed's topic, I was like, who else, who else can we have as guests? I was like, ah, Dan. And so I invited you and in a great book. If I say this all the time and I sound like an idiot probably, but um, Worms Crawling, one of my favorite books out there. Um, I think I told you, you before, Dan, that like, you know, you sent it in for a review. So we got, we got the free digital copy. I got to read it for free. I loved it so much afterwards I bought it. And so um, that's how good of a book it is. And um, give us your, your web address real quick. I know you have a web address where people can pick that up at. I do. Uh, if you go to my website, wormscrawlin.com, uh, it links to my store and then uh, you can buy it through there. It's a big cartel store. It's backed by uh, PayPal. So you can pay with PayPal or credit card. It's all secure and safe. Fantastic. Fantastic. And next up tonight, we have Marcus. Marcus is the COO at Second Sight Publishing, LLC, a freelance writer, comic creator, and a regular contributor at worldofblackheroes.com and independentcreatorsconnection.com. He is the creator of the Protector comic book and writer of Hedge Hollow, which were both nominated for Glyph Comics Awards in 2019 and 2020, and is included in volumes five and seven of the four-page 16 bars comic anthology, which is published by Grio Enterprises. Marcus, welcome. Glad to be here. Glad to, be to have here. you. Another one that, that I've run into so much on <clears throat> online, but this is our first time really talking. And so this is this is great. I, I love your work. I love everything Second Side is doing. Um, you guys are just kind of everywhere right now um, and in in Diamond and just showing up. And so that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. But before I say anything else, I want to say, like when I'm watching the intro and watching the Indie Dispatch logo come in, I'm sitting there saying, yeah, I got that book. Oh, I got Avery. Oh, it's none of the, oh, he got Alkalite up in that joint. <laughs> oh, man, I love the logo. I, like I watch your show just to see the logo. The guests, I mean, yeah, sometimes they're, they're secondary, but I'm like, Oh man, all of that representation of indie comics in that logo. Man, yeah, fat, I, man. I had so much fun putting that all together and um, they, we had so many different covers submitted for that that just couldn't make it like we had probably twice as many covers that people allowed us to use for the intro that we just couldn't fit in. And so uh, um, season I'm three will you. get even more. In it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, look, I'll be fawning over that one, too. But uh, yeah, Second Sight Publishing, we uh, we consider ourselves to be an independent comic book creator publishing mm -hmm. house. And we say that because although we're publishing in the mainstream, you know, going through Diamond and whatnot, we represent independent comic book creators. We represent the guys that we know who've been out there hustling and who hadn't had the opportunity to get their stuff in front of retailers and in front of other people's eyes, get the exposure. I mean, as an independent comic book creator, you can go to cons and you can be out there and still not have major exposure. Yep. So being able to have your comic book and previews that's going out to all the retailers ac across the country, plus being on the previews website, and you know, that it's a big thing for independence. And then with, uh, with the titles Mississippi Zombie and Harvest of Horror, those two were created specifically to put independent comic book creators, independent artists on the map. 
Sometimes we pair them. Uh, most of the time they submit stuff, but this is being published. This is going out. I mean, going out. Harvest mm -hmm. the Horror number two got as high as number 36 on the Amazon top 100 graphic novels. We're wow. talking about five guys whom people may not have heard of, but once people got exposed to their stories, they were loving it. So That's we're all awesome. about independence. That's awesome. Well, we'll talk more about uh, your your zombie and undead books in a minute. But for now, I'm going to introduce our last guest. And, I, you know, I should have I'm not going to say your last name, Steve. You can tell me how to pronounce your last name because I have the way I say it in my head. But I don't know if it's true or not. And Steve uh, probably has my favorite bio here. Steve, <laughs> he is known by many names. The soldier boy of comics, the people's comic book writer, the suntan Superman. But he is best known for writing the sloth horror comedies, slow pokes and the upcoming Zomcom zombie date night. He is Steve Urena. Yes, that's how I said it in my head. <laughs> Very God. nice to meet you guys. Thank you for having me. Um, I kind of wish Marcus did the intro because his voice is amazing. Like, if you don't, right? if you want to stop comics, I feel like radio is the, the spot for you, man, because you are your, your pipes are awesome. Like, I know that might be an odd way to uh start this out, but like, your voice is I appreciate great. it. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Flattering Marcus, the CEO of Second Sight Publishing. Um, yeah, I'm going to publish your book, man. I'm going to publish your book. Way to start. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you for being here tonight. If you're out there watching, I do want to remind you guys, if you have any questions, feel free to interrupt us and drop those in the comments. We try to get to all the questions that the commenters have. Um, and if you if you don't have questions and just want to enjoy tonight's show, again, why don't you share it for us, uh, either on your profile or in a group you may be part of. It really helps the show get to more places. Um, so first, gentlemen, let's talk about you and your most recent projects and why you're here tonight. What is your zombie or undead or however you define it personally book? Ed, we'll start with you. So my my book my book is Immortal Era, and it's kind of it's it's not zombies, but it's definitely undead. But the premise is that nobody can die, so everybody is undead in this particular world, and. It's an ongoing series. My my goal is to make it a 30 issue series, but I'm already my, my head's already spinning with little side stories I can tell and things like that. So 30 issues for the core series and then little pieces that go that'll go on throughout. But yeah, it's it's undead as in nobody can die, but also you kind of get people that might look like a zombie because they're hundreds of years old and they just won't die. So we get, you know. Uh, people, we see what would happen if you live to be 200 years old, of course, with the science in my brain, because there's no actual science that I can use to prove any of this stuff. So what? I got to kind of make it up like, all right, what's a 200 year old going to look like? No one knows. So here it's like, tell the artist, like, here's the oldest picture I can find of somebody age that up another hundred years and let's see what it looks like. <laughs> Well, I love it. And I, I love your series. I think I've read issues one through three of it. And I, I've backed to make sure I get the full set on, on your nice. Kickstarter. Um, and that. so no problem. I just dropped the Kickstarter link in the comments section of Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Um, so if you're there, um, go ahead and click on that and, and look at back in because it's it is it's you're right. It's not zombies. It's, it, but it's undead and it's such a unique concept. Um, and I, I love it. I love it. Um, Dan, let's go over to you to tell us about your undead series yeah or sure. however you define. i have a book worms crawl in um and uh, it is not a zombie book there is no apocalypse 
Um, but there is uh, some undead stuff in it. It's a supernatural story. I like to uh, frame it more around a character-driven uh, story about uh, friendship. Um, but uh, there's plenty of um, uh, demons, dark stuff, uh, zombies, and other things like that in it. Um, aside from that, I've been uh, just busy, busy, busy. Uh, worked on, like you said, Ben Krieger's Frontier Forever Tomorrow's Yesterday, which just wrapped up. Uh, this past weekend. It funded on Kickstarter, so congratulations, Ben. Um, there's six days left on Aaron Henry Jordan's Kickstarter for Wolf Spain, Wolf with a U. Uh, so I did a limited edition cover for him, so that's out there now. You can go and grab it on Kickstarter. Um, in October, there's another Kickstarter for an anthology called 13th uh, Moon Volume 2. Uh, it's all kind of spooky horror uh, Halloween type stories, so I did two stories that are going to appear in that. And then um, I recently wrote and uh, working on drawing a short story. It's a sword and the sorcerer, sword and sorcery kind of uh, book. Um, doesn't have a home yet. Uh, I got to find it one. I was going to send it to Heavy Metal. So we'll see what they say if I send it in there. And uh, thank you to, uh, um, to uh, Aaron Dowen. Uh, he was my editor on that. Nice. And then... Uh, and then uh, I have a, a, a big secret that I'll announce in October um, mm. around uh, my new book, uh, which is the follow-up to Worms Crawl In. Um, and the big secret is <laughs> that the script will be completed and finished in October, and I'll start the art on that. So that'll be uh, in the works. Nice. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting. Yep. Um, uh, we've got a couple of comments on, on Instagram, uh, the gyro universe, Alex Sorbello uh, says, how's the weather? It, it's fine here. Actually, it's beautiful in Atlanta today, um, but we kind of have people all over the country. And so we've heard there's, there's wildfires. Uh, Marcus is chilling in central Florida. Dan, I can't remember where you're at. Um, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. And then Steve, Nothing you're... happens there. <laughs> Steve, where are you at? I'm in Connecticut. Uh, currently, in Connecticut, we're just too. waiting for some rain. Um, hopefully, it's not as bad of flooding as it was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, out in the Northeast. So, but uh, just enjoying the nice, cool air. Uh, so, hopefully, it won't be too bad tonight. So, so there you go, Alec. That's how the weather is. And then another um, commenter, uh, SMG6907, um, says, enjoying Blowtorch by Second Sight. So, Marcus, that one is to you. Um, well, since... we appreciate it. Uh, Blowtorch 3 uh, out in stores now. Uh, Blowtorch 4 in the next couple of months. Nice. Very cool. So, so Marcus, tell us about your, your zombie or undead books. Well, uh, I have uh, coming in stores next month, the Horn Island Trilogy, which uh, actually started out as a part of Mississippi Zombie. Uh, it's the story of uh, Horn Island, which is situated actually off the coast of Mississippi. Hmm. And uh, it is uninhabited. It's been uninhabited uh, as far as people know. So I was like, okay, that's the perfect spot for a zombie apocalypse. But instead, of like starting off in modern times, I set my original apocalypse back in like uh, the 1800s. That's and cool. the Horn Island trilogy tells the story of those zombies on that island and why those zombies were there at that time, why the island is still inhabited and why is zombies there at this at, at today. But it, it tells it through the lineage of one particular family, the Johnstone family. That's really cool. 
That is really cool. <laughs> and then uh, for Mississippi Zombie 3, uh, I have my the next story, uh, Zombie Heist. Uh, if you can imagine in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, somebody trying to do a bank robbery. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Kaiju Score by... Um... Uh, what what who publishes Kaiju Score? They're trying to rob uh, during a Kaiju attack. Um, that's mm. a fantastic series, also. Um, Steve, tell us about Zombie Date Night. All right, Zombie Date Night is basically what would happen uh, if you were on a blind date and zombies started to attack. Would you stay? Would you go? So I definitely you know played around with that idea. Uh, it's got thrills. It's got chills. It's got a grandmother uh, fighting zombies with a chancleta. Um, it's got everything you could possibly want in, in a zombie genre. Uh, it, it's definitely a, a zomcom, uh, where it's a, a zombie romance comedy, um, and that is basically what Zombie Date Night is. We just finished the Kickstarter for it. Um, it is about ninety percent done. Um, I just need to take a look at the second lettering proof, and then once that is done, straight to the printer it goes, and then out for everybody to enjoy. Nice, very cool. Or enjoy so with your significant other for zombie for a real zombie date night. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, and one of the things I loved about your your campaign is that you guys ha you had movie nights during the campaign where you would watch a, a zombie movie, right? I'm, I'm not making that up, right? Yes, every Thursday <laughs> we, would, we would we would do zombie date night Thursdays, and people it was the horde on Discord. So every Thursday we would watch a different zombie movie um, for about the, the the duration of the Kickstarter campaign. So we watched. Like Zombieland, we watched Alive, we watched lesser known ones like Ravenous um, mm. and, and like Cargo, uh, just different zombie movies. I just wanted to make sure we had fun with it. And, you know, it was open to anybody. Like if even if you backed the campaign, didn't back the campaign, if you wanted to watch some zombie movies, we were all there. And the, the Horde was uh, was a nice community. That's awesome. That's awesome. So a lot of you guys have already said it um, in introing your, your projects, but if you, anybody wants to elaborate on it, how is your undead or zombie creation um, different than the norm that you might find um, in, in more in popular culture? I'd say mine because they're not actually zombies. They're alive. The series oh, Ed, for, moves along. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. You froze. No, I, you're I good. You froze for just frozen. a second. <laughs> I realized I was the frozen one, not you. So, um, yeah. So that's how zombies just, feel. Yes. <laughs> so mine has characteristics, but it's not actual zombies. But you, you'll see things. But if you shoot one of my, you know, overly old people in the head, nothing's going to happen. They're just the body's just going to keep flopping around. So there's there's no way to really get rid of them, and that's kind of the the problem in this world is what are you going to do with you know, hundreds of years of basically functionless bodies. So kind of a mystery for, for later, but with this one, it's like you, with a zombie, you shoot it, you move along with this one. It's like, all right, we shot it. Now that thing's still there annoying us. So what do we do next? So it's, it's different, but it definitely, I was fully obsessed with zombies ever since I was old enough to start visiting Blockbuster and getting whatever movies I felt like. And, read you know every book that was published about zombies so i had to find the most obscure french zombie horror movies that existed out there so you know i, I grew up with that complete zombie obsession and thought all right i don't want to just write a zombie story i want to do something that's that's different and won't just feel like more of the same because that's the problem there are so many amazing zombie stories out there and i can't just retell those so what do you do to throw throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Anybody else want to elaborate more on how how your undead creation is maybe slightly different than the norm? Yeah. So um, for Worms Crawl In, um, I didn't set out to make a zombie book. Uh, that wasn't my motivation to do it. Um, like I said, it was kind of more of a that uh, character-driven story type thing. Um, so when I uh, created my undead, my zombies, it goes back to more of the uh, like the voodoo style, where uh, it's mm-hmm. something that happens to you. There's uh, there's an action, a ceremony, or something that turns people into those things. Like I said, there's not an apocalypse, so this is all happening under society, right? Uh, under uh, where people can kind of uh, the rest of the world is happening, and this is kind of happening, uh, you know, down low. Um, so, just that uh, idea of um, instead of uh, kind of following uh, that preset um, formula for the zombie apocalypse and all that, um, it takes a, a different twist on it and puts it into more of a, a horrible thing. Love it. Love it. Uh, so oh. with z- zombie date night, um, I always thought zombies are scary or like my monsters are scary, but like dating is scarier. So like I always wanted to say like with <laughs> dating, like, you know, what would that be like during a zombie apocalypse? Uh, there's a bit of surprise about my about my zombies, which I won't give away, but I always wanted to see what a relationship would look like if there were kind of like zombies in the background, how would that add pressure to the relationship? Like, what would you do? Like, do you, if you're, if you really like that person on a first date, do you stick around and like fight the zombies with them? Or if you're having a bad time, would you just bail on them? Uh, So like, I always wanted to make sure that like the dating is scarier and more anxiety inducing than the zombies. Like, you know, zombies jumping into a, a horde of zombies is a little bit easier than like, overcoming your fears and your relationship problems um, or relationship fears to, to like go on this date and not, you know, and make a good first impression. Love it. That sounds so good. Well, I, I, I'm sad I missed the Kickstarter because that sounds like it would have been fun. <laughs> and I could have, I could have thrown some weird zombie movies your way to throw on your zombie movie night. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, hit me up. I'll, I'll send you a copy. No problem. I'll send what weapon, do you, what weapon do you bring on your first uh, date? <laughs> you know, there's so you want to make a good impression, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you fight the zombies like to look, you know, do you, to look better? Like, it's like, Oh, I'm going to look stronger. Or do you just like hang out in the background? Like, all right, I can't, I can't fight these zombies cause I'm horrified. If I don't want to look, look bad in front of this girl or, or boy or whatever. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Marcus. Well, I, I came from the approach that by now everyone is desensitized to zombies. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, let, let, let's face it. The fact is we aren't so much scared of the zombie itself, but scared of getting killed or scared of dying. So coming from that point now, it's like, let's tell a story with zombies in it because we are desensitized. I, I can't scare you with the zombie, but I can scare you in your attempts of trying to do something. And now you have to deal with all the other consequences behind that and zombies. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that because it does uh, zombies, particularly since, um, Resident Evil, I, I feel like, and then The Walking Dead after that, the Resident Evil film franchise, and then Walking Dead kind of ign- reignited zombies. Maybe they never went away, but to, to me, it felt like they kind of reignited it, and zombies and undead have been immensely popular, particularly over the past 10 to 15 years. Um, I think why- it was World War Z. 
And I say World yeah. War Z specifically because up until that point, we saw kind of what we would call normal behavior for zombies. Mm -hmm. But then these zombies in World War Z, man, they're climbing on each other, jumping on helicopters, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're scaling walls. Making human so ladders. Like, yeah. I, I'm saying, man, it's like this is unexpected behavior for zombies. So here you're trying to tell the story, which is, you know, they find out what they need to do in order to save themselves mm -hmm. and the links they're going and trying to, to achieve that. And they got to deal with these zombies. But not just imagine if a Usain Bolt became a zombie in World War Z. You are not <laughs> no, outrunning this dude. You're done. This dude is gonna run you down. <laughs> so it, I think, I think once they once they went as far with the zombies as that, then it was like, okay, now let, let's just cut loose. Let's just cut loose because up until yeah. then, uh, the the behavior was predictable. They followed the Romero rules of zombies. So it yeah. was, you know, the, the slow, like any, even the worst runner is going to outrun a horde of zombies. I mean, they may keep going and you got to put some miles between you. But once you do, all right, they're going to slowly walk their way to you. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like 28 days later, all of a yeah. sudden you see this ferocious sprinting zombie is like, holy shit, nobody's out <laughs> yeah. running that zombie. That thing's <laughs> exactly. never going to tire out. Exactly. Also, I think uh, zombies are getting more popular now in this pandemic era because it's it's kind of like yeah. you know, hey, like if this is happening, what else could happen? Um, yeah. And and I think this year was also a big year for zombies. Like we got a new Resident Evil, we got like another Left for Dead type of game. Mm -hmm. uh, the Zack Snyder movie, like Army of the Dead, came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Walking Dead is ending this year in terms of uh, like being on TV. Um, it's just I feel like it's it's starting to become popular again. Yeah. So why do you guys think that that zombies or the undead or this this concept of being neither alive nor dead um, resonates so well with people? I think because it could happen to anyone. Like yeah. it's not something it's very relatable as like, you know, your grandmother can get bitten by a zombie. Your your cousin can get bitten by a zombie. Your you know kids can get bitten by zombies like it, it affects anybody. And just just like a disease, like, you know, everybody can relate to that or relate to somebody getting sick or, or seeing you know, people become lifeless and, and, you know, not there anymore um, in society. So I, I think mm -hmm. it, it's just a really, it's more relatable than say like somebody trying to get you or, or, you know, a mo big monster in the, in the ocean or something like that. Yeah. The monster yeah. is us, right? It's not uh, some yeah. creature that comes out of the ground. It's the, like you said, the guy next door, the person down the street yeah. um, is now turning into that thing that's out to get you. Um, yeah. In walking dead, I, I think, think uh, got on that pretty good too in some of the episodes where uh you know you could see the person's loved one was now a zombie i think in the one mm -hmm. of the very first episodes and uh it was uh um morgan was it yeah morgan he, yeah he had, yeah he had to shoot his wife there so that really yeah. brought that kind of a uh, horror of having to do something like that um home to people mm -hmm. i think it's the whole thought <laughs> of not knowing so we have to actually make up what we think the undead, what it's like to be undead, because we don't know. There's no one that we can ask to find out what it's like to be undead. So because we don't know, we let our imaginations run wild. And since we let our imaginations run wild, we start putting different characteristics and characteristic traits and personalities and whatnot into the dead body to now kind of animate it but let it still keep his dead form 
So yeah. just the fact that we don't know and we start imagining things, I, I think that is why people are so captivated. Uh, funny story, at least funny to me. In my neighborhood growing up, there were two graveyards and three funeral homes. And walking around the neighborhood at night, you know, I would be scared. And uh, my godmother told me I had nothing to be afraid of about the graveyard because everybody in there is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like ding that didn't help did it <laughs> well actually actually it did help because everything is dead if everything is dead what can it do to you well i guess that's why so, we can mess with somebody with an overactive imagination really yeah bad. that's what i'm thinking so like, right it's like, the imagination now, now it's worse is what would happen to me it's like okay yeah. i was convinced there was well, a house on my street that was haunted and if you told me things were dead in there like crap i was right it's worse <laughs> that'd be sprinting well it's the whole imagination thing it's the yep. whole imagination thing because once she said that as a kid now my imagination toward dead things are kind of ruined because they're dead they're not going to do anything mm. so yeah. now it's left up to me to imagine when i walk by the graveyard something coming up out of one of the graves uh just making just exploring through that they were graves from the civil war era yeah. and uh, the sad thing was these two graveyards actually was a black graveyard and a white graveyard separated by a fence. Mm -hmm. And toward the back, the very rear of this graveyard, where all these Confederate and Civil War graves were, you see like families that were divided by this fence because of their beliefs. Mm -hmm. So they had wow. guys that were buried on in the black graveyard because that's, you know, they they were abolitionists or mm. so you know having stuff like that to fuel the imagination because dead people are dead and unless i imagine them doing something they're just going to lay there and be dead yeah people have been afraid of the dead coming back to life for centuries Forever. though <laughs> yeah like if you go yeah. back in history uh, i think it was the ancient greeks uh, used to uh not used to, but there was uh, cases where they would bury people with giant rocks put on their chests to mm -hmm. keep them down yeah. in the ground <laughs> get out. Yeah. Um, there was cases where um, uh, in, uh, I think it was the plague, uh, when the plague hit Europe, you know, killed uh, thousands and thousands of people. Um, and uh, that's where the, the fame of vampires really started to catch on in mm -hmm. Europe uh, because uh, these people would die of the plague and their mouths would be covered in blood and they'd have lesions all over them. So they were terrified that they were coming back as vampires <laughs> and they would bury them face down so they couldn't come back up again. Because so <laughs> that'll stop had, them. Yeah, this uh, is yeah, that'll that's stop been them. terrifying people for <laughs> centuries. But I think so, that's where the difference between the undead and zombies come in. Because mm -hmm. when you look at zombies culturally, uh, look at a, a zombie from South Africa. Now, th this particular zombie doesn't have to be a dead person. It's just a person who's a spell or has been placed on a trance in a trance by a witch. And uh in West Africa, they believe children can cast a spell and turn people into zombies. So that that's where you see the difference between a zombie and, and the undead. Uh stories uh emanating from South Africa about uh witch trains they call them heading to the mines to work because the workers would look zombified. You know, they've been, they work mm -hmm. from sun up to sun down. 
and they coming they, out of uh, his mind. Bury them alive? Like, wouldn't they bury them alive so then they they couldn't breathe and then they dig them back up so they can kind of do whatever you know at, whatever they want because they're so disoriented. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Brian so, says um, the first scene from 28 weeks later that was transformative for the zombie genre, uh, just like Snyder's yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Um, oh, yeah. They so, both brought the speed zombies in and it changed mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. It wasn't mm -hmm. those. I mean, the Romero zombies were just the norm. It didn't matter if you're watching a movie from from Europe, if you're watching one from America, everyone followed those Romero zombie rules. It's kind of like that mm -hmm. was it was almost That's an unwritten Bible. law that you don't dare violate the, you know, the slow ambling zombie coming to chew on your flesh. Nothing. We didn't see anything really different. And those two movies decided, all right, we're going to, we're going to change it all. And now we've seen different things. We got, we saw zombie comedies arise. So it kind of, <laughs> once we realized you can break the rules, then we saw a lot more happen in that genre. Yeah. I also think looking at it from the other side of it, like, yes, the undead is very scary, but like, we've all just been really hungry sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like sometimes, you know, anytime I walk, watch The Walking Dead, I just want like barbecue because I'm like, oh, man, I can go for some something to eat. <laughs> well, you got to well, figure if you've been buried underground exactly. for a hundred years, you're going to eat the first is thing empty. you see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of piggybacking off of what Marcus was talking about a little bit, you know, um, how do, the stories of the undead or zombie stories allow us to explore as writers and creators what it means to be human. Hmm. Whoever wants to go first. Well, I think I think for mine, it's kind of I, I address the importance of our of our life cycle. It's like if you could have someone that you love stay alive forever, but be a shell of themselves, just a husk, would you continue to let them live? So we see that, you know, death, although painful, is part of life that's needed. So it brings into, you know, we we have a life cycle there for a reason, and it needs to, to conclude in the way it always does, and that's with death. So knowing within my story that you're just not going to die, but eventually your brain's going to become useless, your body's going to become useless, you're just going to lie there completely useless to the world. Do you, would you still want that if that's your mother, your father? Are you going to say it's still worth it because this person is standing next to me? So I think it, it makes it where you have to think, yeah, they could come back. But what if, you know, now they come back and they're a zombie because your neighbor's a zombie. And what if you could bring someone back that you loved, but they're a zombie? It's not worth it because you don't really have them there. So I think zombies make us think about the, the life cycle. And when there's an end, we want to that end needs to be permanent. I, I think the zombie stories also talk, you know, also talk about like uh, community and like not being alone because listen, how many of these zombie movies are just one guy fighting zombies? It's always like, you know, somebody with their friends or somebody with a community, somebody with, you know, somebody or somebody meeting new people for the first time fighting these zombies. And th this genre kind of teaches you that like, you know, if you're, if you're running solo, it's, it's not going to work out. You need to have this community to defeat the zombies and defeat anything that kind of comes your way by working together and, uh, you know, being one and not being selfish. Yeah. For, for my book, Worms Crawl In, it's a, it's a tool of uh, reflection, right? So one of the main characters is uh, an undead, uh, one of the zombies. Um, and looking back on life and seeing, uh, you know, the regrets, the things that they missed um, and not being able to have those things again. So um, kind of giving uh, uh, more perspective on life after you're dead, which none of us really get the chance to do that. 
Well, once again, coming from a, a point of desensitization, you know, just like we we often overlook homeless, we often overlook uh, people who are who are outliers from society, and those same people we tend to overlook, they have an effect on us. That's uh, the the way the stories go that I write. These people are going about doing things as if things were normal, even though zombies are there. And eventually they have to deal with the zombies, no matter how hard they try to overlook them, no matter what goals they've set to try to accomplish, they still have to at some point deal with the zombies because they are a part of their world. And sometimes it's a rude awakening. Sometimes it's just, you know, hey, they're here and you know, there's nothing I can do. But either way, they have to be dealt with. So I think if, uh, if anything, uh, it tells us we have to be more vigilant. Uh, we can't overlook things because eventually we're still going to have to face them and deal with them because they aren't going away. I love that. You guys should be writers or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you, 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 this is probably the most in-depth conversation I've ever had about zombies. And I'm like fascinated just at all the answers. And I'm just like, this is awesome. Like, this is such a great platform to talk about this seriously, which is really cool. Well, here's a proposal for you then. Um, think about uh, zombies, uh, vampires, uh, mummies, and ghouls. Um, what if they were all the same supernatural entity and it, we're just seeing them in different ways through mm. different cultural lenses, right? Yeah, so there's cool. that story about um, uh, the blind men trying to describe an elephant, right? So one yeah. guy touches the leg and he says, uh, an elephant's like a tree. It's big and strong and, you know, has the bark. Um, another guy touches the trunk and he says, uh, an elephant's like a snake. It's, uh, you know, curved and, uh, and, and all that stuff and constricting and um, so forth and so on. So. Um, maybe we're just all talking about the same thing and uh, and we're just seeing it different ways. But a zombie elephant would look cool. <laughs> oh, that needs to happen. Uh, I want to see one of the Lord the of the Rings on our elephants as a zombie. Steve. Yeah. Look, I, I just had the Pet Cemetery flashback via <laughs> yeah. zombie elephant. Uh, Pet <laughs> Cemetery was one of my favorite movies and it is a zombie movie. It is. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Just a different way. Yeah. yeah. Just a different way. So, you know, looking at just looking at, at what was done with that, you know, just you got a zombie as a pet. <laughs> it's like my, <laughs> and, and just I, my the dog emotional... died and I buried my dog. And yeah, what we were talking about, what was being discussed earlier, as far as, mm -hmm. as you were about to say, that emotional connection you have, as Ed was about to say, you know, your loved one laying up, they're dead. Do you want how do you want to see them laying there useless? Uh, in the boy's case, it was his dog. And I don't know how many other dog owners we have here, but uh, I had a dog growing up and I don't know, I think I may have done the same thing. If I thought, if I knew there was a way I could bury my dog and he's gonna come back to life, then yeah, that sucker's going underground. <laughs> You're gonna say this is that one time, this is gonna work. All those other times, those were the those were the ones that were were bad. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be the outlier. I'm gonna make mine work and I'm gonna have my dog back just like I love uh, like I want. And then you know, you turn that into your son and it's mm -hmm. like you you've seen what happened, but you're like, oh, you know, yeah. that that was just them. And your your mind can rationalize a lot of crazy things when you're, yeah. when you're dealing with that kind of love and loss. 
Um, I just want to interject here real quick. Brian Lambert called me out on the Lord of the Rings elephant comment. And uh, <laughs> when I become a zombie, Brian, you're the first one I'm biting. Um, when, you're, when you're writing that zombie elephant. <laughs> <who> is that? <laughs> okay, so even on this panel, we have lots of different genres represented. Um, kind of sci-fi-ish with the mortal era. I don't know how you classify, but I see a sci-fi vibe there. Um, comedy. Yeah. Um, and so is, is there a genre where... Even in movies, we've seen it across genres. Is there a genre where zombies or the undead just don't work? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I think zombies work in all genres. Like, there's even that zombie musical that came out, and I'm like, that is such mm -hmm. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, even uh, Pride and Prejudice, I had to read that book. True. I mean, I even classics it. are getting yeah, reinterpreted as zombies. Yeah, you Pride zombies, and then like, okay, damn, I'll... I'll read anything with zombie in the title. I'm, you know, it's even my friend Alfred Page. Even yeah. my friend Alfred Page and his chess team has a story of Mississippi zombie called Chess the Dead, <laughs> where a couple of members of the team are dropped into this this area where these experiments were going on, and they're uh, dropped into zombies. So no, I, I can't see any genre where it wouldn't work. When I was looking up submission try. guidelines for my book, I was sending it out to different publishers. According to them, no genre works for zombies. <laughs> a lot of them have a little tagline on their submission <laughs> guidelines that says no zombies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. To hell with them then. This is zombie. This is a zombie love zone. Well, and you know what? I think it's because there's no way to really just capitalize on one zombie style like you can't have one zombie style everybody's writing zombies in this style and this style is going to be very popular and it's going to make companies a bunch of money because i mean we got four different four different guys here you've heard four different undead zombie descriptions zombie mm -hmm. stories and that and we're just four out of hundreds mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I feel like no no story is gonna be the same, which is really cool. Everybody brings their own yeah. perspective to the zombie genre. Like if I had a if I if I just said, hey, this is the premise for zombie date night, and I told all of you to go and do your own story, it would all be different and it would all be unique and all be good. Mm -hmm. So so speaking of that, Steve, when when looking at undead stories, um, are there tropes that are just need to be done, need to be retired? Uh I've <sighs> I feel like you got to go to tropes to learn to do something different. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything mm -hmm. comes from something else. And even when you're writing, you're like, oh, this worked here. Maybe I could work it here, but just make it a little bit different. I feel like the tropes are kind of like the, uh, the seeds that people have planted and you're taking those seeds um, and put making your own plant. Um, you know, I, I feel like the sky's the limit, but like everything comes from something else. And, and that's just how it is. Like, I feel like in storytelling, you know, you can you can make fun of tropes all you want just because they're overdone, but like they they've been done because they worked. Yeah. Anybody else? And then you know, sometimes it's just it's just some things you can't get around. Yeah. When it comes to stories that you tell, and uh, uh, like Steve was talking about, he has a zomcom. There are humorous elements in his zombie story, but yet there's just his zombies are going to be zombies, and they're going to do zombie things. Mm -hmm. So is that a trope? Uh, maybe, but at the same time, you—they're <laughs> zombies. What else can you? What, what else are they going to do? Because they are zombies. 
And the same thing with a uh, vampire. If you don't have a vampire to, that's drinking some kind of way, whether he's sinking his teeth in, sticking his fingers in it, you know, then is he really a vampire? You know, mm-hmm. so you got to have that trope in there. A vampire is gonna, if he's gonna have a typical coming out of his mouth, he's gonna bite you with his teeth. He's gonna put his hands on you and absorb. Either way, he's gonna drink some kind of substance from you because that's what vampires do. Yeah. Is it a trope? Yeah, I, I think they're more like rules. You know, what I mean, like these are the rules. Yeah. How these things yeah. go. You could break the rules. You could bend the rules. You could do your own rules. But I feel like it still has to be kind of rooted in those things. Yeah. Or, so else, now, it's, or else it's something. Now, Ed, you, with Immortal Error, you've kind of taken. You have undead, right? But you've kind of taken those rules and those those tropes and kind of turned them upside down for something yeah. completely new. So, are there when writing that? Have you found any tropes that? are essential still within kind of the undead realm i mean it's it's hard because i i took my my basic idea from a small chapter in gulliver's travels and i kind of followed his rules like okay immortality sucks especially when you get older and become more useless and your brain goes down but i think because i play in different genres when i'm doing it there's elements of fantasy that i throw in that I don't have to follow any specific rules, which makes it more fun, but also you don't want to go too crazy and then you just start losing people. So you gotta, you have to keep it grounded in the whole premise of, okay, we're doing the, the opposite story. We're going to save the world by killing everybody and bringing back that natural life cycle. And even last night I was watching and my videos on backer pause. Of course, you always got to watch yourself on there. And he's like, well, I don't see why it'd be such a bad thing. It's like, well, I guess I didn't explain it in my video, but yeah, it's like you think about it like, yeah, immortality sounds great until you realize you still age and eventually you're not even you anymore. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the, you know, that kind of follows the zombie rule is you're, you reach a point where you're not you. Mm -hmm. And is that still worth preserving and keeping alive? So, I mean, I, I play around in, in all the things. So it's hard to say what rules I follow, but, it's kind of fun to not have to follow any rules and just kind of go wild with it. So I got to ask in your comics. So, you know, when people do, people are a hundred, right? People turn a hundred yeah. on, mm-hmm. you know, in this, in this place, uh, you know, they do the news where it's like, Oh, it's the hundred year old person. And they're always like, how do you, how do you stay so young? Like, do you have something like that in your comic where it's like, I, I'm 500. <laughs> but like, you know, I don't look any, any better. I, I look a day past 450. <laughs> I, I got to laugh because Steve, I was just thinking, I wonder if he's got a character in there that's supposed to be like 150, but look, the, a black character is supposed to be 150, but they look like they're 70 and they're saying black don't crack. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> you, you guys got to play in my genre because I, my, my, one of my big dreams would be to have an anthology put out where anyone can put mm. their take on the immortal era. So just kind of tales of the immortal era and you tell your own story. Like, okay, your only rule is people can't die. Have fun with it. That's and awesome. It's something you need I to do that, do, Ed. You need, yeah, you need to do that, Ed. out there and let writers like basically here. Here's your here's the toy box. Don't mess with my main characters because they have a full story arc that needs to go, and you can't really tweak things because it could be something I'm thinking 20 issues ahead of now. But here's a world. You, you know, this isn't happening just in the United States. Mine is a very small. Local, like it's localized in this underground abandoned subway, so we don't see. The rest of the world but this is happening in china it's happening in africa it's happening worldwide so what's going down in japan we've never seen it well 
someone can tell me that story. And that's what I would love to be able to see. Like your black don't crack one. You could write such an amazing story with that. And I just get so kind of in my own story, but I'd love to let people mess around and just do this tales of the immortal era and just let everybody else have their shot with it and see, see what you can do with it. I would do like uh, jackass where it's like these four guys who do jackass stunts, they can't die. So like they keep trying to up it because they don't, you know, they know they have to keep, uh, keep it going. Cause they don't want to bore people. And then like one goes too far, <laughs> just like oh, I love it. Off or something. And that's it. <laughs> oh, and then man, I... Cause we have a character who's a decapitated head already. So it's yeah, like, all right, perfect. you can live as a head. It's going to be <laughs> yeah, a shit yeah. life, but you'll still be alive. Nick, man, I, I would go bonkers, okay? Oh, man, uh, I already I got a story you. going in my head right now nice. of how uh, how these people had a funeral over, over grandma. Grandma, don't leave. Grandma, don't leave. Grandma, don't leave. And grandma pops back up because she's undead. And then like <laughs> a year from now, they're like, damn, I wish grandma had died. <laughs> so who's going to kill granny? Who's going to kill granny? Stay down there, granny. <laughs> <laughs> it's your so, turn to feed her. Yeah. So Dan, <laughs> as another person with a non-traditional undead story, um, what what are some things that maybe just like kind of annoy you about zombie or undead stories? Um, I don't know if anything annoys me, uh, but just getting back to the trope thing that we were talking about earlier, um, it, you know, all those, uh, uh, those rules that we follow, uh, for those different things all go back to creators, right? It goes back to Romero or it goes back to Bram Stoker. Um, and they all got their inspiration from somewhere else. Um, so, uh, again, not annoying, but, uh, my wish would be, uh, for future creators, um, instead of kind of sticking to those same ideas, those same tropes and, uh, and rules, um, try to go back to the original material that inspired Bram Stoker or, mm. uh, you know, George Romero, find out what facts they were looking at and then make your own story from, from there. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, there's a long history of people being terrified of dead things coming out of the ground. Um, so you don't have to stick with those same rules of, um, you know, there's a mysterious disease and you know they eat your brains. You know, you can make your own your own uh, lore for that. Same thing with vampires. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we see today is just based on even like the Anne Rice books. It's all based mm -hmm. on those Bram Stoker things. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you go back to Transylvanian history, go back to those things, find those facts, the things that terrified people and then make your own stuff. That's what that's what yeah. I would wish. So, so I love that. I love that, first of all. Um, and something random popped into my head because I hadn't even thought about what annoyed me about some zombie things. And so what popped into my head while you were talking, Dan, was in The Walking Dead. I, I hate The Walking Dead, the current seasons, yet I still watch it every week, even though I hate it. Um, people in this world, like 10 years later, are still surprised by a zombie walking up behind them and biting their arm. It's like... How are you yeah, still surprised by somebody walking up behind you? <laughs> Sorry. Maybe after 10 days, audition. but come on now. It's been years. Yeah, like 10 years? 10 come years. on, people. They should, they should be on like a waving basis by now. It's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just shove them away. Any any other annoyances from the rest of you gentlemen about um, zombie stories or undead I, I would, stories? I would say for that Zack Snyder movie when they made, I, I, again, I give him props for trying something new. 
but like when he made the zombies pregnant, I was like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. I was like, that that, like maybe that's more. Although just it got done in Dead Alive already, so yeah, it's We've like already uh, seen yeah. a zombie baby, but in a humorous movie, because that one's just so out of its mind. But and that's like, how do you take amazing. care of that? Like, do you do you feed? Like, what do you feed it? Like, I, I just I just felt like there was a lot. Like, I, I felt like he just did it just to do it. There was no mm-hmm. thought behind it. Uh, Peter yeah. Jackson did it first, so it's like, all right, we've already seen zombie baby. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I guess uh, the thing that uh, uh, annoys me the most is just how unoriginal they can be when it comes to the actual zombies itself. Uh, Because I'm looking for people that are taking a chance on what a zombie actually is and what a zombie actually can do. Because uh, me being the researcher I am, when I research zombies and research their history, and started learning all these different things about zombies and all these different kinds of zombies. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, there are cultures that believe zombies are created by children and can and are controlled by children. Cultures that believe zombieism can be broken by salt. Mm-hmm. You give a zombie salt, he's not a zombie anymore. So just knowing, and just those two things are things that you just don't see on the screen. You don't see people actually take advantage of. And that, they're that all would be, based that would be in the a great, That would be a great commercial for salt, though. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <Zombie here. laughs> awesome Fun commercial fact. for salt. In the, in the, the real 1700s, zombie killers. In the 1700s, people believed you could bring someone back from the dead who was drowned by blowing tobacco smoke up their ass. <laughs> There's a zombie story. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it just was it. Uh... <laughs> it just gives flatulence a whole new meaning. <laughs> I'm also seeing like Marlboro Man too. Like that's, that's, that's Marlboro Man. Man's the only true immortal. <laughs> oh, so gentlemen, we are getting close to an hour. Uh, we try to keep the show close to an hour sometimes we go over and that's fine um but what what works out there by other maybe indie creators would you recommend people follow um or or should read that maybe pertain to the undead or zombies or within close to that genre everyone here yep i read you gotta read dan's for sure i i like the um gaslighters that's a fun zombie story kind of like a harley quinn quinn-esque zombie so i've had a good time with that one but I honestly, I'm not reading a lot of zombie zombie comics right now. I stopped Walking Dead at a certain point, and Dan's was something new, so I really enjoyed that. So I try to I try to read it, but it's right now nothing's grabbing me. But I got to read Steve. So hearing that, I'm like, okay, that's that's right up my alley. Bring back the humor into zombies, and it's good stuff. <laughs> well, you. as I mentioned, we have uh, we have two anthologies that we publish through caliber that are dedicated solely not just to zombies but the zombie apocalypse occurring in mississippi Hmm. uh from one from one corner to the other and we are getting very humorous very interesting very different takes on the zombie apocalypse that's happening in that state uh i've seen stories where uh the apocalypse starts in a strip club <laughs> stories where you know, as great as that is uh, something that uh, you might like Ed, uh, there there was a story where when the apocalypse hit a uh, newlywed couple 
and this was in uh, issue one. Newlywed mm-hmm. couple, the wife turns into a zombie, and the husband now has to keep her alive, or he's doing his best trying to keep his zombified <laughs> newlywed bride alive. I mean, it's in the vows, so you gotta. <laughs> till yeah, death, till yeah. death do us part. <laughs> death yeah. or, or beheading, whichever one comes first. But uh, <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> in the fine print. But yeah, the the besides that, uh, Second Sight Publishing, we we consider ourselves to be a horror company. So yeah, uh, titles like uh, these damn kids. If you hadn't checked these damn kids out, that's a gotta good check. Gotta check these damn kids out. Uh, it's Bradley. Bradley Golden is the writer. Bradley and Peter Bro. Uh, I'm the editor on it. It's their take on uh, Children of the Corn. Nice. Oh, nice. Gotta read that book. Uh, Evan Pozias, uh, his book Silence, another hot horror item. So anything that's, that you see Second Sight on when it comes to horror, buy it. <laughs> I mean, no vested interest though. But <laughs> you will not, you will not be disappointed because, like I said, the horror is our thing. That that's yeah. what we we laid our foundation on from Bradley's Leave on the Light series. So that's awesome, Dan. What do you got for us? Anything? Surprisingly, no. Uh, kind of like Ed. I, I don't read zombie books. <laughs> um, it, it, I think um, kind of what we talked about earlier, uh, just because of uh, there's so much stuff out there and it, and it all, at least on surface level, seems to be kind of the same. Um, so I don't, I, natu- I haven't had a, a, an interest in, in just looking at zombie books. Um, I feel like once I read The Walking Dead, I kind of got the whole thing. <laughs> you know? um, not that I'm not open to it. Um, I just haven't seen anything that really caught my eye now hearing what some of the books are from people on this panel now i'm like oh maybe i should go back and check that out um but i do have ed's ed's series so that i thought that was a great idea a very innovative kind of take on things so i do have that um but a lot of the stuff i read is just other horror uh, aside from the undead oddly <laughs> that's cool that's cool steve uh yeah same i mean the last again this is a while ago the last like kind of zombie i guess it wasn't indie but i loved blackest night like by green lantern like that was Mm -hmm. i love green lantern so for them to set up a story where all the characters that were dead in the dcu getting brought back to life with the black lantern rings i'm like damn that is such a great idea and like yeah just you can go so far with it um also like deceased i think that stuff is cool like marvel zombies Mm -hmm. is cool um yeah, but it again, yeah, Walking Walking Dead, I just feel like has so much of the market that, that it's yeah. that it's tough for newer ones to to come out and, and 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 break out, which which sucks. But um but yeah, um I guess those are I've never ones. read a Walking Dead comic book. No. Really? Marcus, never. you need to. You need to. <laughs> never. And, it's, it's and you know why I've never true. read mm-hmm. you know why I never read a Walking Dead comic book? I was so afraid it was gonna be like the television show. Oh, it's way better. <laughs> I, I was so afraid because after seeing seeing what the show was about, and it's like like I'm I'm very dissatisfied because these folks can never seem to get settled. They're yeah. in the most most beautiful places, and then something just comes and messes it up. And I'm like, ah, 
this is just just too well far that's the same <laughs> yeah, well, then, you don't want to read the book then because no, no. you're gonna find more of the same like damn it every time okay yeah. this is a great village nope here comes yeah. someone to ruin it there's always yeah, someone I, to ruin it for that book there's also i stopped watching it i, I stopped there. watching the show after season three uh because i that said was like, probably there. I think the same for me i think i checked out at the same <laughs> Yeah, because they're like, they're never going to find no place. They're, they're never going to find a place. Or if they find a place, somebody's going to do something. A little girl is going to be feeding zombies, and the zombie is going <laughs> to bite. Yeah, something is going to happen. You're <laughs> not wrong. Right. Dark secret every season. Yeah. Yes. Every season. Yeah. Oh. So that, now that was a tired trope to me. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I could see if they, at least let them establish. Imagine if they had established functioning cities on that ship. Yeah, that'd be cool. I will say and, they and, they do, but little girl still feeding the zombies. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> those damn kids. Yeah, yeah, those them damn kids. I'm damn, telling damn you, man. <laughs> Always in the zombies. So, um, yeah. Uh, comment on Instagram. I don't remember. I don't think this applies to anything. But some. Uh, I don't even know. Free dice freezy says, "Why do you hate the multiverse?" I don't think anybody said we hate the multiverse. So <laughs> go back to your episode. universe, um, and <laughs> we'll stay in ours. Um, Actually, we got a nice little zombie multiverse. multiverse. Yeah, going on right here. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is Indie Comics Dispatch, and so I do like to end every episode with one piece of advice that you would give a new indie creator out there. Um, and so you guys have all created books some some of you many books um and so what's one piece of advice you would give to that new indie creator that's out there watching tonight listening to the podcast after the fact and thinking i'm gonna do it i'm gonna make my book i, I could start um i think follow your muse no matter what is in your head like no matter as crazy or ridiculous as it sounds do it because I am making my name off of fast killer sloths and, and, and like, you know, grandma's fighting zombies with chancletas. Um, hopefully that'll lead to me doing something serious one day. But, you know, the fact is like only you can write the story that you want to write. So might as well get down to it and, and just do it. Like it's, it's just tough being yourself, but we need more people that are individuals that can just break out and stand out and do something different because, you know, you're you. And so follow your muse because you can do it too. Love that. Love that. Who else? I, I would say for mine, I mean, I agree with what Steve said, but reach out to other people because I kind of went on an island by myself when I started it. Had no idea what the hell I was doing, not how to, la how to launch a Kickstarter or any of those things. I just went and looked at, oh, this Kickstarter made a lot of money. Let me make mine kind of look like that. So other indie creators are pretty open. I mean, you're going to run into a few that aren't going to be open. But in general, what I found is that indie creators are open to giving you tips and tricks and suggestions. So reach out, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on Twitter, find indie, indie creators and just pick their brain a little bit because you don't want to start it in the, the way I did. I mean, I'm lucky that it succeeded. I, I fully lucked out, but a lot of people don't. So reach out, learn from other people's mistakes. Love that. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Worms Crawling is my first book. Uh, so um, for me, it was a huge learning experience. Exactly what uh, what you said, Ed uh, and Steve. Um, 
you know, it, it, there's so much out there about just how to make a book. Uh, like, you know, what size do I draw on? How is the printer going to accept this? Um, so much stuff that you have to know. So uh, kind of echoing what Ed said, just go on the internet, uh, go to groups and things like that, and just uh, learn, absorb, uh, find out information. Um, all that's going to help you to uh, make your book the best you can. Marcus? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I'm uh, just echoing what they're saying. Uh, I would say learn the rules of the game before you decide to play. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of guys come in with an idea as to how things should go or how they want it to go. And that idea is not based or rooted in reality as to how things are in this industry. So mm -hmm. you need to learn the rules of this industry. So when the because as ed said it the creators will talk to you they'll talk to you openly i'll talk to you openly tell you my good and bad so when you're in that position and the bad happens you're like okay yeah i i, I knew this bad would happen and i'm not surprised it happened to me because it happens to everybody so now i need to find out a different way to do things it's just learning the rules to the game because a lot of people get blindsided because they just don't know. You know they come in with unrealistic goals, unrealistic mm -hmm. dreams, and unrealistic ideas, and they wonder why they don't work. And that's because they didn't take time to learn how things actually go in the real comic book world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because even even though comic book creating is a creative endeavor and everybody wants to be creative and break the rules, there are still certain business things or or stuff fans expect. And so that's that's true that that there are still kind of those rules, whether written or unwritten, that um, people expect you to follow. Yeah. Well, point. you know what? The way I look at it, we're not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. We're following formulas of success that other people have actually put together. And in some cases we've added things here or there that adds to our own personal success, but we're following a, a formula and we learned that formula and we applied what we learned. And as we applied what we learned, we're able to make adjustments and changes as we went along because we learned the formula. So mm -hmm. you, you aren't gonna get away from having to learn the basics learn the rules you'll be surprised how big the box is you're working in when you learn the rules because mm -hmm. otherwise you always see the box as being small because you don't know yep yep 100 percent, gentlemen we're at the end of our time together tonight thank you for being here tonight thank you for uh coming and talking about the undead or zombies or or, or whatever term you want to use um it's a very amalgous term now um but thank you guys so much for being here, Ed, Dan, Steve, Marcus. I do want to um, do another shout out for, for Ed. He is the reason we're here tonight talking about redefining the undead. And he has a Kickstarter going on right now. I dropped that link Great again topic. in the comments. And if you if you haven't supported it, go support that. Help him reach that $4,500 stretch goal. Um, if you're listening to this next week, um, on the podcast, then you got like three days left as far as I th it goes. I think I, when we drop the podcast next Thursday, um, mm. yeah, so get to closing. that link. Be close. 
<laughs> yeah, get, get to that link and support it. Um, so, and if um, we get ten thousand, we're gonna make that zombie elephant. <laughs> oh, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're riding it. <laughs> you know, they they are talking about cloning woolly mammoths, and we might have the first zombie elephant yeah. within the year. You know, you yeah, don't that, know. That I can't mean, go wrong. No, <laughs> yeah, no. There's oh. there's been oh. no <laughs> movies about that. None. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen thank you again for being here tonight <laughs> um we're, we're back again next thursday everybody uh we got a great show for you next week talking about the state of subsume media and so uh, we will be here uh, talking about about that and about their book and what they got going on there so everybody out there thank you again thank you for tuning in tonight if you're listening to this on the podcast thank you and we will see you again next week peace Why are you still listening? It's the end of the podcast. But since you listened to the whole thing, since you're still here at the end, as this podcast ends, as you exit out of the episode, why don't you give us a rating? And if you're not following or subscribing to us yet, go ahead and do that too. As I said at the beginning of the show, it helps a lot and you'll be doing the dispatch a big favor. 